Our second scripture reading comes to us from Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth. Chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. Hear now the word of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. The word of the Lord. It's graduation season. Last weekend, we celebrated many of the seniors who had just graduated from high school. It's also about the time that we see a lot of weddings going on. It's wedding season also. Lots of things to celebrate these days. Lots of reasons to give gifts to others. Now, if you've ever been on the receiving end of those gifts, those of you who just graduated, maybe you've received a few things, Sometimes you don't need all of the gifts, or maybe you get duplicates of what you get, and so sometimes you may need to return them to a store. When my husband Phil and I were first married, we were graduating from seminary in just a few months, but still living, living in seminary housing, these small one-bedroom little apartments. And when we were married, we got a lot of gifts. And one of the gifts we got was from his beloved aunt, Marlene, who lives in Baltimore. And uh, I open up this box that she has, has sent us as this wedding present. And I open up the wrapping paper. And there's this big box of a deep fryer. Now, I've got this small, teeny, tiny kitchen, mind you. So I'm thinking, this is not going to fit. So I load this big box into my small Toyota Corolla, and I, I start driving around trying to return it because I'm thinking, it's got to be taken from Target or one of these other big stores locally. So I tried bringing it into Target to the returns department, see if they would take it. No, this isn't our deep fryer, sorry. I even took it to Wegmans, if any of you have lived on the East Coast. It's like the H-E-B of the, the East Coast. I even tried taking it there, no luck. So I'm like, okay, I guess we're stuck with the deep fryer, you know, carrying it back up into our little apartment. 
Now, I had already written my thank you note because as a good gift recipient, all of you graduates, make sure you write your thank you notes. Uh, I had already written my thank you note and they were already in the mail. And so the aunt uh, who had given this to us had already gotten her note. She gives me a call. She says, thank you for sending us your, your note. I appreciated that. But did you open the box? Did I open the box? Well, um, no. Uh, sorry, we've kept it in the box. She said, why don't you go ahead and open it? <laughs> she says, I'm sorry. Danny warned me about using that box. He said I should have marked it with something. It's just a box from an old deep fryer we've had. I hope you found what's inside. So I get off the phone and I open the tape and open the box and inside was this beautiful Vietnamese bowl and several smaller bowls to match. This beautiful gift that we had indeed asked for and wanted and it was just glorious. And yet here I had been trying to take it back to all of these other stores. It just made me think of the verse that we heard today, that we have this treasure in clay jars. We don't today stick our treasure in clay jars, but we might give a nice gift in a recycled box. So just be careful. Make sure you open those boxes. The lectionary texts for this Sunday morning included the two that we read, Psalm 139 and 2 Corinthians 4. But it also included the passage of the young boy Samuel being called to ministry when he was just young in the temple. I chose not to preach on Samuel's call, but in the back of my mind, the word call kept coming up as I'm reading through all of these texts. But what is a call, a vocation? For many of you who are heading off to college in the fall, or those of you who have recently graduated from college or seminary or a number of different places that you might launch from, maybe you're thinking, what am I going to do now? What am I called to do? And what, if anything, does God have to do with this? And not just the young. I wonder if all of us at some point in our lives have asked ourselves, what am I called to do? What is my call? This morning, I want to suggest that following the call of God involves this treasure in clay jars. Now, when some people hear the word call, they just may picture a pastor or a missionary, someone doing professional religious work. But I want to say to all of you that before there is any call to do, there's a call to be. There's a call to be, to be loved, to know that deep in your being that God loves you and God has formed you into who you are. This past weekend, I hosted a retreat at Austin Seminary. For a group of students who are enrolled in an online program, a certificate in ministry program. And so the students had been taking the class from all across the country, from Minnesota, Florida, Arkansas, cities and small towns across Texas. 
These were men and women who are preparing for lay ministry, serving in small churches where they may not be able to afford a full-time pastor. One of these students is a black woman named Karen from San Antonio who has taught middle school for many years. And she has a very, very deep voice, almost baritone. During the weekend, as she, as she, she led uh, her group's worship, when she preached, she sang as part of her preaching. And after the service, as we sat around talking about her experiences of leading in worship and preaching, she says, I love singing. Sometimes when I don't have the words, I can sing what's on my heart. She shared with us, though, that growing up, she was told that she couldn't sing. In middle school, choir, the choir director told her she couldn't carry a tune. And so she needed to be the page turner. So for a whole year, she stood by the piano and turned pages. She said, that experience and other times when my voice has literally been denied me have sent me a message that I am not worthy. Another student also shared his deep sense of feeling unworthy. Soon all of the students were nodding that they had all experienced a sense of unworthiness. Have any of you felt that way before, that you're not worthy? Maybe because of something somebody said, maybe you didn't have the gifts or skills necessary. For persons who are considering going into some form of ministry, this is often an initial reaction. But maybe it's not because we believe we're not worthy, but because we worry that our fragile clay pots can't withstand the pressure. Who can carry this call when it seems to bear so much weight? So in our text today, when Paul tells the Corinthian church that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, in clay jars, that's always resonated with me. Yes, I'm a clay pot, and surely I've got cracks running up and down this vessel. I'm a genuine crack pot. And you know, you kind of have to be to follow the call of God, to say yes to following this Jesus who didn't become king or vanquish the Roman Empire, but who walked straight into death without protest and who told his disciples, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross. So all of you who have chosen to follow this Christ, we're all a little crackpot, a little crazy, a little strange. And this text reminds us again of how dangerous it can be to follow Jesus. We have this treasure in clay jars, something fragile, breakable. We have this treasure in clay earthen jars. If you've ever felt unworthy, if you've ever identified with that clay jar imagery, I hope you've held on to that image of God's treasure being stored there. Maybe even as you picture yourself as a fragile vessel, maybe you can see that treasure that God has placed 
in each and every one of us. I was talking about this text with a friend of mine, mentioning the fragility of the pot and how hard it is to follow God's call when the only thing carrying around this treasure is something so breakable. My friend says to me, yeah, it's hard to be a clay pot when everybody's got a hammer. We are, all of us, walking around as clay pots while everybody's got a hammer. And yet, even though it sounds breakable, these are the words we hear from Paul. We are afflicted, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. How can a clay pot handle all of those hammers and still come out unscathed? How can we not be destroyed if we are all clay pots? While I've been reading this text this week, something else occurred to me. Just before he mentions the part about the treasure in clay jars, in chapter 4, verse 6, that we heard also, Paul says that it is the God who said, let there be light out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. By referring to God as the one who said, let light shine out of darkness, Paul is referring to another Bible story. Does it ring any bells? Let there be light. The story of creation at the very beginning of Genesis. The God who brings light into the formless void is the God who shines that same light into our hearts. And that light is the knowledge of God's glory. God's glory seen in the face of Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying that this same God who puts this treasure in these clay jars, the one who called light out of darkness, is the same God who created heaven and earth. So what is this clay that we are made of? It's mud made from the dirt of the ground, the same Dirt and dust that makes up who we are is part of this creation that God has formed. Just as God brought light into a formless void making earth, so God brings treasure into the earth and mud that is us. We are part of God's good creation. And that grounds us in the knowledge that this treasure in clay pots is so much bigger than us. This treasure fills the mud and clay of all of God's creation. And it means that all of us are made of sturdier stuff. We are made of the clay shaped by God's own hands, constantly formed and reformed, made and remade. Helps me reimagine this clay jar imagery. Rather than picturing just something fragile and easily breakable, this treasure is held in vessels of clay that are handcrafted by God, made in God's image. As we heard so poetically in Psalm 
139, we are known by God, knitted together by God, hemmed in by God. At the worship retreat this past weekend, I had the students go home afterwards and write up reflections online about their experiences of leading in worship. One of the students, a young white mother from Arkansas, who is juggling working full time while raising two young boys and serving as a lay pastor at her church. Here's what she posted. The season of life brings a feeling of loss of myself and my core identity. There's so many competing factors, work, family, running a household, countless other things life throws my way. However, I'm determined to hold on and work to define myself, Beth. Not Beth, the tireless fundraiser, marketer, not Beth, the mother, not Beth, the wife, or Beth, the sister, but Beth, me, the child of God, and my core purpose. Upon my return home, I rose the next day and served as liturgist and preached at our Memorial Day weekend service. I was excited and energized to share my experience with them. And most importantly, I felt different. I felt worthy. I felt like enough. I felt like I belonged at the pulpit. And that may be the most important impact of our time together in Austin. I'm changed and grateful. Following God's call means being aware of the treasure that is already ours, woven into the fabric of our being by a God who crafted us as earthen vessels. Even if we get cracked along the way, even if we feel broken at times, God is continuing to reshape the clay that is you and me. God is continuing to form you into who God has called you to be. What will the treasure of God's glory look like when you finally open up that recycled box and see what's inside? When you open yourself up to be a vessel, an earthen vessel, continually made and remade by the hands of a loving God who knits us together? Yes, we will get cracked along the way. We may even feel like empty vessels at times. But that treasure is there. God's glory has been written into your DNA when God knit you together. So go ahead. Open the box. See what's inside. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you have knit us together, that you have crafted us and molded us to be your people. God, we bless your name when we see the treasure of your glory at work in us and through us and around us. Give us the strength to open ourselves 
to however it is that you are fashioning us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.